people who don't know how to plan proper events or anything like that, then yeah, you end up in sit with situations like this. And the, but the worst part is the fans are the ones who pay, right? The people who get screwed over the most are the people who like genuinely want to be a part of these things. Episode 15. We in it. We in it. We back. We back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm just repeating what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to do it. Let's get it. We here. What you saying? What you saying? Oh, man. Just, uh... On this beautiful Monday. A beautiful Monday. Man, it was fucking hot this weekend, wasn't it? <laughs> like, dude. Yeah, yeah. The thing 30 is, degrees, bro. It was like crazy heat wave. It was like great being outside. I was just yeah. telling you before this, like, played a little bit of basketball this weekend. Probably picked the, on them. Yeah, donked on them. Um, probably had, like, the worst weekend to pick for something like that. Oh, I was like, we were playing indoors, too. Oh, and I was really? like, okay, sick. I was like, we're indoors. It's good. We're playing in the gym. Yeah. No AC, nothing. Uh, Went, doors were closed. Everything was closed. We had, like, two fans. There was a bunch of guys sweating. Just, dude, it was greasy. Dripping. It was fun, man. I, like, I forgot what it was like to, like get back out there and like do some like runs and like play like organized basketball. It was, uh, yeah. it, was a, it was a blast. Man, I saw this tweet where it's like, this can't be the same summer that I, I played around in when I was a kid. This yeah. can't be the same heat. Yeah. And I don't think it is because I was not dying like this when I was a kid, man. But I, I remember, hot. I remember some like hot days, but like yesterday I was like, man, we were in the gym and then when we left the gym, it was the same temperature. Yeah, like there was no like cooling down. It feels thick. Like, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. that's the thing, like you breathe in and you're like, fuck man. But you know, yesterday, listen, if you had a pool, yesterday or knew somebody with a pool, hey. you were definitely the most popular person alive. Yeah. All those all those ice cream shops too, that everybody lines up in front of like the one on Ossington or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Those places were popping <laughs> yesterday, I bet. They probably ran out of ice cream. Man, I just cranked AC and I chill out home, man. That's like 2K for the first time in so long Let's yesterday. Go. Like, yes. Let's go. We should play, man. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Man, we gotta get on that. Gotta get that PS5. What about you? What'd you say this weekend? Hey, man, I chilled. Uh, finally got back to this boxing class. Like, I kind of took a couple weeks off of it. But, nice. again, similar situation. No AC, a couple fans. You're jumping around for an hour. I was just a mess, Sweating. man. Dripping. And then you go outside, and it's still hot. Yeah. So, like, there's no relief. No, there's the no The best relief. feeling, yeah, it's like Until when you get home. We walk into your place, and you just yeah. get that wave of cold air. Yeah. It's like. You toss your clothes in the wash, whatever yeah. it is. Like, yeah. Hey, man. We're staying fit with activities. Hey, We're doing man. What we you got to stay fit. Yo, listen, I was just saying to you as well, like, I'm 31 years old. Jeez. Like, yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> you know, what was that? What was the Kevin Hart meme where it's like, damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Um, no, I'm sorry. But, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. No, but, um, man, like, the importance of, like, staying active and moving, like, I'm feeling it firsthand, too. Like, <laughs> I've also, like, for years before I even got to Toronto, like, I would play, like, ball hockey and basketball and stuff on, like, concrete with, like, bad shoes. So, like, this yeah. is, like, years and years of, like, my feet and knees being completely run down after doing all this. But you got to stay fit. You got to stay active at least the most minimal degree. Trust me, I'm getting up there. I know what it's like. PSA. But, hey, yeah, like, PSA from stay Mallard. fit, eat good, have fun. That's, that's the summer announcement there PSA from Mali. Middle of the summer, we're now kicking into it. I love it. Facts. You, you also know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You also know uh, what, what went down this, this weekend was uh, the, the mess. Bro, there's a lot that went down. I want to start with OVO. 
Start with OVO. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, as we <laughs> all know, like one thing that we wanted to talk a little bit about last week was the cancellations in Toronto. Like it's been a bit of a disaster like of concerts. It's yeah. been a it's been a nightmare for big fans. Like the weekend, Justin Bieber. Uh, Drake last week, Thames, yeah, yeah. Shawn Mendes, like some big, big time names, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, Drake did a great job of like rallying. He had, for those who don't know, last or like I guess like a week last and a half Friday. ago, yeah, yeah. he was supposed to do his show here. It was like the Young Money reunion tour with Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj. Um, again, big stars coming to TV. Gotta, gotta. Don't yeah. forget, gotta, gotta. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's my, my favorite. Uh, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, yeah. But um, Drake gets COVID, of course. The Alleg- day, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, the yeah, day yeah. that he's supposed to perform, he has COVID. He's disappointed. You know, he makes his long Instagram post, whatever it is. He does a good job of rallying really quickly to reschedule the tour like a week later, which is like good news for fans. I would say out of this entire situation, a city that's been deprived of exciting things for two and a half years, finally gets a great show from Drake, but gets COVID. Everybody else and their mother cancels their shows this, this summer as well. I appreciate the fact that Drake hustled for the city, came back, healthier than ever, a week later. Gets Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne to come come back up here, man. Like I appreciate that he hustled for the city. Yeah. However, it just yeah. Go for it. I mean, go for it. Uh, it was. <laughs> you, were you there? No. You weren't there. But I mean, yeah. I I felt like I was based on how many yeah, Instagram stories. stories and TikToks that I've seen. God damn it! But uh, it it left a little bit to be desired. At least the crowd did. I don't know. It didn't look like a. It didn't look like a, a typical Drake show. You know, you what, know I mean? what? And people are saying because the prices are so high, you just get the rich kids there. Yeah. And you don't get the true Drake fans that would know every lyric and have followed his career and all that. You, you know? And and maybe that's it. Because like, there are points where I remember seeing this video. Like, 21 Savage wasn't there, but he was getting the fans to perform like knife talk with him. Yeah. And it was just dead. Like, yeah. They're not chanting like they should. And I'm like, oh, you know. Yeah. I was like, it's a whole thing. That's what I saw. I was like, yeah. ah, this, this could be a little bit better. I don't know. Even like it was him, Nikki, and Wayne on stage, and I know obviously there's chemistry there. They know it, but it just felt like a class project thrown together, like a class group, and like yeah. you know there wasn't no synergy. I feel like they didn't rehearse it. I'm like, it was yeah, this is a like little I, lackluster. You know, I I saw it and was very for a thousand dollars. Imagine paying a thousand bucks for something like that. And listen, like. Again, like you kind of sacrifice the way that I see it, you sacrifice the production and the integrity because, like, I'm sure that if things went according to plan last weekend, mm-hmm. that would have been high. Might have been different, maybe. Been a little bit maybe. different, you know. But I appreciate that he like rallied to make something happen for you know the city and his fans. But after looking at some footage, it didn't it didn't look that great. It, Is that enough to deter you from wanting to go next year? Uh, not necessarily, no. no. Right. Um, the prices would. <laughs> yeah, I will never pay a thousand dollars to see any artist. I'm sorry. No, Unless Michael I, Jackson comes back. From he the comes grave, back to life, man. Featuring like, Tupac. Then yeah, I'll, featuring then I'll, Tupac <laughs> and you know, toss yeah. in Mac Miller. Throw and, them all. Uh, you pop know. smoke. I'm going. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Going. The heaven. Until tour. then, <laughs> you know. Until then, I'm not. Um, 
Which was, so, I mean, I, I know a couple people that went. They said it was cool. Um, I had a friend that went because he got a free ticket from another friend. So he's Jeez. like, because I didn't pay, he enjoyed it. Yeah. But if he had to pay, he's like, no, nah, it's not worth $1,000. Yeah, it was like 800 to $1,000 for regular seats. Yeah. Regular tickets. And I'm like, no, I don't know. Like, uh, maybe call me old school, but like, I feel like, you know, can't ticket prices just be affordable for people who like, want to go and you know that's everything man that's sneakers right now that's housing that's food that's, that's everything man. can't this just be affordable yeah um but over the weekend uh, probably you know a even bigger shit fest than OVO. <laughs> <laughs> it was like fire fest 2.0 fire fest 2.0 so culture land and this is just making the city look so embarrassing but we have to talk about it. Yeah, have to. Um, so we bring the real. We bring the we real bring topics the real to light on the Mad Mix. Yes, sir. Um, so Culture Land was a two-day festival. Uh, first day, Burna Boy was headlining, which, from from the videos, it actually looked like he did the most out of like what what he was given, and it looked like an amazing show. Yeah, you know. <laughs> the second day, you have Janaiko, who is a huge artist. She's pregnant right now. Yeah, she's still doing festivals this summer. It is what it is. The communication was just off. So it's supposed to start at 12 o'clock. They push it to 4. They change the location in a different town. So you like, got to explain that part because that, to me, is, is, is crazy. Nuts. It's just So for people that don't... <laughs> so, like, it's supposed to be in Markham, right, which is a little outside of Toronto. Um, at 4 o'clock, they tell people it's actually going to be in Ajax, which isn't right beside Markham. Like Ajax is like a 40-minute drive from Markham, yeah. especially if you don't have a car and they have to take an Uber. That's like over $100 you're probably paying. Um, and then it's going to now start at 6 o'clock. So it's supposed to start at 12. Now it's starting at 6. Yeah. Already that's like a... So annoying. wait, it was supposed to start at 12. Yeah. And then it was supposed to start at 4. No, the, at 4 o'clock they changed the location yeah. to Ajax and then it was going to start at 6. Yeah, and this is all being communicated on Instagram and email if you have your tickets. So, <laughs> so people are just there. They're out there in the heat. They don't even have the set times. They don't know when Janae's supposed to come on. Um, they're understaffed with security. The people that paid like $10,000 for a VIP gold package don't have a VIP section. They have a little bucket with a bottle, but they're everywhere on the lawn with everyone else. No separation. This tiny stage. No one performs until 9.45 p.m., and the show's supposed to go until 11 p.m. And the only artist that performs is someone they just grabbed to perform because she wasn't on the set list. She was doing Alicia Keys covers and stuff like Like, bro, this was oh, man. insane. The, the lowest ticket was, like, $200. Like, people paid a lot of money for this this show. I can't believe I didn't hear about it. Like, oh, man. I didn't hear if about If you go on Twitter, it's all over. You know, CTV did, like, a whole new segment on it last oh, night, too. God. So, obviously, at this point, none of these big artists are going to perform at this show, and they all cancel. Yeah, I'd be much. like, at that point, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, no. I'm out of here. Janae goes in Toronto, but she's like, I'm not going to Ajax to go perform in this tiny set with a bunch of mad fans and all that. Yeah, so, like, it's a shit show. It, like, goes all over TikTok, all over Twitter. We'll see. Like, obviously, people deserve a refund. For sure. But... Cultureland hasn't spoken out, not, no PR, nothing has been, no statement has been made so far. Oh, man. And I'm just wondering, like, what happened there? Yeah. How, Is that how Firefest? Like, was this malicious or were they just, you know, 
completely inexperienced and they were in over their head and they had no idea what it took to put on a show. Well, here's the thing. Like, at the end of the day, they yeah. still got big name artists, right? So it's not like these sure. are just like sure. fucking yeah. small time people like being yeah. like, okay, we're just gonna, we're gonna plan an event and like have some local artists or whatever. Like, they're, the people who organize this event are big enough to be able to like get attract, yeah. attract and get and they have the money names, to get them money funding to be able to get these people right so yeah. it's like this to me seems like a complete mismanagement of the event yeah right there's yeah. there's so much that went wrong here it's like securing a venue well in advance securing the first the, step. yeah you know it, organizing things for your vips yeah your vip guests having the resources the security the security all, that. all that just everything just crumbles and when you have like people who don't know how to plan proper events or anything like that Man. then yeah you end up in sit with situations like this and the but the worst part is the fans are the ones who pay yeah right the people who get screwed over the most are the people who like genuinely want to be a part of these things who are trying so hard to go from one location all the way to the other and the heat you just gotta wait it's 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 sad man it's yeah really it sad. sucks and, and it, now you have to battle with your bank or battle with the organizer to get your money back. yeah to get your money back it's gonna take it, a while too and that's gonna be know? yeah like and they're not cheap right oh, man. dude i'd be furious yeah i would be like unbelievable uncontrollably upset at something like this right yeah the moment that it switched locations would be the moment where I'd be like, all right. It's the red flag. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah, this, that's is just, this is a disaster. No. But, like, I don't know, man. It, it kind it makes of makes our city look very. It makes our amateur. city look bad, man. It, does. it, looks, it looks unprofessional. And, yeah. like, listen, like, all these things, like, you know, Justin Bieber canceling because of his, like, health condition. It's different. Drake yeah. leaving because he had COVID. I don't know. The weekend uh, had to. The Rodgers leave Because of the Rodgers yeah. thing. Dude, it's just like a. A dark cloud, bad omen for like a city that's just deprived of of fun and excitement. And it's like, come on, like we need to we need to get this back. We need to get the, the energy back. So people. Rolling Loud tweets last night. Don't worry, don't worry, Toronto, we got you. That's legit. You know, that's I legit. liked it. I liked it. I'm like, that's genius. Yeah, because you know? of course they're gonna have everything. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. down pat. This is a huge organizer they know what they're doing yeah right? this is no amateur uh, shit. no <laughs> and yeah. i hope nothing goes wrong that week you know that weekend but um yeah man this this all of this has happened in the last like month too yeah all of these festivals that yeah are shit in the bed man jerk fest uh understaffed <laughs> they ran out of food they ran out of water there kingston fest similar situation the sound was off so people in the back couldn't even hear the music so the artist is like on stage, Popcon, he's on stage complaining about how much they messed it up for the fans. And oh. he's like, everyone here deserves a, a refund. Oh, man. So you have all of these things, man. Toronto should be That's better than artist, this. That's a big artist, too. Like, he's a huge, a huge artist. artist. Toronto should be better than this, man. Yeah. People are not going to want to come here. If, like, or people are going to want to leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like there's already, like, we can get into, like, a 100%. series episode about <laughs> yeah. this. But I feel like, man, like the energy in this city, like it, I, I had a conversation with my girlfriend yesterday. Yeah. Like one of our favorite bars or whatever is closing down. Then place of like a, either a condo or like a subway Great. or Great. something. Like, I don't know. Why not? But I'm like, man, like this, this city is just erasing itself of like culture Identity. and yeah. things and fun that like, it's just like, get you, welcome to Toronto. Come here, work your ass off. You 
pay too much in rent. Yeah. You're either you're rich enough to buy a place here or you leave. It chews you up, spits you out, and sends you on your way. Yeah. That's a and negative. You're jaded about the city. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I still love this city, man. Of course, of course. Like, it's but it's like, man, like, come on. Like, we, we should need be to able to get music festivals. No, that's, that's the easy part, to, man. That's the easy part. There's a playbook part. on that. Like, they don't change. This is like, Facts, <laughs> you know bro. what to do. Real know? shit, man. Um, so we'll see, man. I hope Rolling Loud. Are you going? Rolling Loud? No, but okay. you know, I might have to pull a lottery ticket and gamble and get <laughs> get a ticket because that'd be it'd be hype. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. But let's uh let's move on here. But before we go, what do you think of the the recent shenanigans <laughs> that have been happening in Toronto? If you have any thoughts, let us know. But What's up? uh let's keep moving here. This one I found was really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know your perspective. Uh we both worked in you know, we both work in a marketing, advertising, creative services industry. Right? Sure. Yeah. Good way to put uh, it. I read an article today and the headline was marketing creative uh, could lead sectors in upstaffing. I'm like, upstaffing? Oh. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. very curious. Buzzword. So there's a, a study that was done in Canada. It, Cole's notes is 63% of hiring managers in marketing and creative industries plan on bringing in more contract professionals by the end of this year. I'm like, that's great. What's a contract employee? Uh, I looked it up. I mean, it's self-explanatory. Essentially a, a role that exists on, within a company that has a finite, has a start and end date. Yeah. Just to establish that. Um, uh, a quote here from the article says, in addition to hiring for critical full-time functions, employers are relying on contract talent to stay agile on an ever-changing hiring landscape. And this was the part that was mm-hmm. interesting to me. With retention top of mind for many organizations, prioritizing uh, employee well-being, engagement, professional development can positively impact overall loyalty, morale, and job satisfaction, which I do not disagree with. Yeah, I totally agree. Here's my thing. I feel like we are now, we've worked backwards here. Okay. We have worked this industry to the bone. Yeah. Anyone who's worked in marketing, anyone who's worked in advertising knows that you've probably grinded your ass off, right? Mm-hmm. And coming out of the pandemic, and the, the article didn't mention anything about the pandemic. This is anecdotal. I feel like people are exploring options for them that allow them to have a better work-life balance, allow them to feel valued in their workplace and uh, compensated appropriately. When I read this article, I felt like my first question was, have we gone too far to make this feel like it's a positive news story? Like, is this a good thing? Like, if retention is, is top of mind at many of these places, why aren't you hiring and resourcing yourselves in permanent roles? Yeah, I mean, I look at their take on this and I question if that's valid or not because they're making it seem like they've looked at the research, they've looked at the data, and most people, or most, this is for creatives, right? Uh, It's just the general industry. Okay, general industry. So most roles want to be contract workers, and I don't know that to be true. I think people want job security, actually. Yeah, stability. I think people want stability. I think people want benefits. They want... And I can't speak for everyone, but every contractor I feel like I even spoke to when I was in advertising wanted to actually stay at a company longer. Yeah. Unless they were, you know, in a transitional period, so they're trying to figure things out or like traveling or whatever it was. 
most of them wanted to land a gig that they could stay at. Yeah. You got the benefits, you got the comfort, you got the job security, stability, all of that. Yeah. So unless that's changed since 2019 or whatever, yeah. which I don't think it has, I would think coming out of the pandemic, again, you would want more of that stability and more of that work-life balance where you can you know, have a company that values you, um, invests in your growth, invests in your happiness and your loyalty and all of that. Unless that has changed, then I think they're completely missing the mark on this one. Yeah. You know? Well, I also think that, like, these types of roles, these, you know, contract positions... Yeah. Like, provide... Can provide stability to people who are, like, to your point, like, going through transitional periods, yeah. like, trying to figure out what they want. Right. Allows them to try working at different, like, agencies or marketing firms, companies, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But, like... It, it kind of begs the question. It's like, okay, do you sacrifice, you know, work-life balance in the sense of working at a place for a year, maybe taking some time off, and then going back to somewhere where you feel like when you feel like you need more money or want to work, do you sacrifice that to, like, work somewhere that, like, you'll always have a consistent paycheck yeah. but are then potentially overworked, under-resourced, underpaid. Yeah. Like, why, I never understood why freelance people get paid more than no full-time full -time employees. No benefits. Yeah, but, like... They take money out of your benefits. They take money out of your salary to account for benefits. I so get, when they yeah. don't do that, then they just give you the lump sum. Um, so I think it, it, <laughs> I think it benefits the employer to have contract workers. Oh, not totally. Not so much the employee. Totally. And the you way know? that turnover is happening so much in this industry 100%. and advertising already is like, yeah, it's forced, it's forced the industry to be like, okay, well, I can hire someone for 12 months and I know that I have them for X amount of time or 100%. nine months, six months, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and I actually don't have to worry about, you know, their happiness all and asking for a raise yeah i don't happen i don't need to worry no. about any of that so it's like this when i read this article it very much spoke to me from the perspective of senior management in you know these high positions being like okay how can we make our business more efficient yeah how can we like again like the retention piece doesn't make any sense to me it's like if retention is top of mind for your organization why are you like, why is the increase of people who are, or why are you increasing the number of roles at your company to be contract workers is permanent? You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to have to pay them out anyways. Like, this is beneficial for the, they want this. Yeah. They're like, oh, just responding to what they want. Right. The, the list, the answer is being a better company is treating your um, tenured staff well, paying them what they deserve, giving them a work-life balance. This is, all the answers are there, but yeah. no one wants to leave. Yeah. We talk about it time and time again, right? We've yeah. experienced this with previous companies. Like, they just don't treat you well enough until you either want to leave or when they're attracting talent. Yeah. You know? And it's like... There's no respect. There's no respect. There's no humanity. There's no, no like, you know, person-to-person -person kind of thing. Yeah. And, and when it's a contract worker, they can get away with a lot more. Totally. Way, you know? Totally. Yeah. But I'm it's not saying to disrespect a contract worker. It's just you don't have to do certain things that you would with a you yeah. know, full full time staff. But Absolutely, you yeah. have the freedom to be like, uh, do I like this person enough to like offer them <laughs> an extension, or like, do I want to get rid of them? Yeah, and you know, what all I mean? on you. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like, you have that freedom, you have that agility. But I just don't know if that's like the right. I don't know if that's like the right approach for like hiring. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
That's an interesting one to watch. Is that oh, it's in Canada? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Canada, I feel like the job market too is like very interesting. I feel like there's like a high demand for like it's a lot of jobs out there, but it's like I feel like we could probably do an entire episode on this. But like the approach of human resources in the workplace now versus what it was pre-pandemic, I think, has probably done a complete overhaul. Like it's totally different. Yeah. What people want and need from a job now is totally oh, different than it was two years ago. And have they adapted ago. enough to account for that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, it's crazy too, right? Cause like if the pandemic didn't happen, we would continue like work. Nothing like, I mean, we, we still do, we still work people still to the bone. Do. I want to yeah. be very, very clear about that. Yeah. But like there would be no like heightened awareness amongst people to be like, Oh yeah, I can actually, I actually don't want to do this. Yeah. You know, I think most of the people I speak to have had like that epiphany during the pandemic, you know, where it's like you detach yourself a little bit from work being your identity. And we've talked about this a number of <laughs> yeah. times, but for me, that only happened because of the pandemic. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So without that, I would have still been this workaholic that is trying to climb the corporate ladder and yeah. all of that. Believe but that this company cares about yeah. <laughs> you. Know what I mean? This company gives a shit. We are a family. We are here together. Yeah, the worst thing when they call it the family. I know that we talked about this, but it's like, goddamn. Yeah. That's just like cringy. It's like it's like senior leadership guy being like, if I, like we read like a psychology textbook on like the workplace and it's like oh we want to make this feel inclusive we want to make it feel like home put a ping pong table yeah there. put a ping pong table like yeah <laughs> make make people feel like they're part of a family yeah yeah well family also doesn't like work people to the bone and like and drop on, you at the and drop you at, in, in two seconds because you asked for a two grand raise to literally feed your kids yeah. you know what i mean let's <laughs> <laughs> You know Can saying? I please feed my kids? No. Yeah, yeah like, uh, you know, we'll we'll think about it. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Let's. Uh, so within the contractor kind of freelancer space, I was seeing this new company called Together with two R's. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, that's how you patent it. By the way, that's legitimately, <laughs> literally, right? yeah. Uh, but they're launched by Fiverr, um, and Fiverr is like a also with two R's. With two R's. Always yeah, with two R's. yeah, yeah. With uh, it's like a freelancer platform, right? You can get freelancers across any industry on Fiverr. Yeah. They sign up, you, you get them, you pay them, whatever it is. Uh, but Together is their new creative initiative um, that's it's aimed and like marketed to disrupt the traditional creative agency format. I love it. You know, so what they're saying is they're going to use AI to build dream teams uh, for brands on individual projects. So through Fiverr, they basically have creatives all over the world, thousands of creators, creatives that have worked on the top brands in the world, pretty much. And they're using this new platform to staff them and put them together on, like if McDonald's comes by and says, we need this particular project, they can use their algorithm and say, these five creatives or whatever it is would be perfect for this, for this type of job. particular That's specific super cool. job. That's really cool. Um, and I think it's still quite new. I think this year is the, you know, the year that they've kind of launched. But um, the quote that, that's in here in the article is, together allows brands to build creative teams that are tailored specifically to their needs. Uh, they are getting access to world-class talent for any project they can imagine. Together gives brands what they need faster and with exceptional quality. As people that have worked in the industry, in advertising, we've staffed creatives on projects, stuff like that. What's your perspective on kind of skipping the agency, throwing out the middleman, and just going directly to a dream team of creatives? 
I think it's interesting because, like, oh, I have so many, like, thoughts about this. That's, like, hard I have to... Clarif- I, I need clarifying questions. You know, it's that, hard you know. to know where to start with this. But I, I yeah. think the idea of, like, if you take away the AI thing, take away, like, the agency thing, yeah. I think finding the right creative people for a specific brand is a service that is this this company has clearly identified as being need, yeah. a pressure point and right. need, right? Like, countless times I've worked on projects where I'm like, this creative team has never experienced this, is only understanding certain things through words on a brief yeah. and are expected to turn out some type of communications that you know, uh, are supposed to reach a specific audience that they don't even know about. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're not the right fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, countless agencies probably, like a couple of years ago after the George Floyd shit, like right, probably right. were like, we need to come up with some type of communications for this. Okay, let's look at our creative team. Uh, okay, a <laughs> bunch of white dudes uh, and white chicks. Uh, yeah. What do we do with this? Uh, we do our best. It's like almost the way that I like picture this, it's like almost like a, a game of like creative agency broken telephone. It's like information comes in from the client to say this. Yeah. Agency interprets brief as XYZ. They send that information to a creative team. Creative team creates an ad based on their interpretation of words in a brief. And then they make an ad and then hope that it sticks. Mm-hmm. But there's no like actual like especially with traditional advertising, like TV and out of home and all this kind of stuff. There's no way to actually like get that specific information. And the way that I see like TV advertising, like mass advertising like that, is that like it has to serve a very specific function because as soon as you like try to get deep or very specific with a TV ad, like you've kind of already lost the plot a little bit. But I find it really interesting that this service exists because it, it ultimately says, I will do the job of finding the best team for you mm-hmm. and it will create advertising that's going to be matched specific to what the information that you provide us. I still think there's a level of humanity that needs to be like yeah, uh, in right. the They're mix. not exposing what that algorithm yeah, is. Yeah, right? like but within that to be yeah. like, okay, like do you know how to make sense of this? Like is there further clarity or information from the client to like dig into here? Because marketers aren't, ironically can not be the most clear communicators when it comes to like information a brief. And I think we talked talked about about that last week. We talked about that last week. Right. Yeah. So, and this would probably be driven pretty heavily by those marketers. Totally. Totally. The best output, they would have to have the best input. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So I don't know. I kind of find that it's an interesting service and it, certainly puts a lot of pressure on these creative agencies. I think so, The thing yeah. that like, the creative agencies have more than anything else, and they're holding on to this with a tight grasp, is like the relationship piece. Like some of the best creative agencies have the best clients because they've built a relationship over the course of X amount of years that the marketer yeah. doesn't even know how efficient they're being by employing these services, right? Yeah. I think of agencies that I've worked for and the brands that I've worked on and like, marketers are paying a shit ton of money because agencies are selling themselves to these clients to like, well, don't get rid of us because we were, we know your brand and we know your history and we know all this, but it's like, it's not about how much, you know, always it's how much to know where you're going. That I think is a bigger piece. hundred percent. And also, um, the idea of like, they're really selling the idea of like top talent because they have 
people, I think they're poaching from a lot of creative agencies. Well, for sure. You know, 100%. But like, I'm even thinking about when I was in account services, you're at an agency where, yes, there's great talent, but you have like the top creatives at the agency and everyone else is good, but you typically have that like pair that is like the best. Yeah. And sometimes you'd fight to get them on a certain project and you couldn't. Yeah. I think the difference here now is these brands can always get the best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's kind of and what find really, the best. Find the best 100%. Yeah. Like that's what they're really pushing and driving because I'd be having arguments with the creative resource manager. Like I need this team. Like this team will be the best to execute. This team is busy. They yeah. Can't do it. And it's like, okay, it's going to be great, but it's not going to be as great. Facts. As it could have been. Yeah. And I also, I put myself in like the shoes of the creators for this too, right? I get to work on the coolest shit. 100%. I get to work on the biggest breeze. You don't have your little static banner that you have to do at an agency. I can choose what I want to work on based on my experience and my talent, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's very appealing. Creatives don't, aren't tied to brands. Creatives don't give a shit about brands. They want to do like the coolest work. 100%. So if they get a project or an opportunity to work on something that's like, different yeah unique cool like the best projects too <laughs> that, yeah exactly yeah like why wouldn't i i would jump at that opportunity i'd love it yeah you know what i mean it's so really interesting i'd love I to really want to watch this one and see how it does you know you know I'd, I'd love to see how uh how this unfolds because i think and we'll have to talk about this in the next episode like ai is going to completely like shift out is, yeah. how like creative agencies operate and can work yeah like agencies spend so long harnessing this like type of talent to try or like these technology and all that kind of stuff but when it comes down to like actually using this to innovate and be different i've yeah. never seen an agency do anything like this before no, no, never no. you know what i mean like no. agencies don't come knock up with out this. a whole role with this pretty much. exactly <laughs> well, that's, that's it yeah you know but I, We'll see. We'll see. All right. We'll have to. We'll have to get the audience take on that one. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably get a lot of a lot of a <laughs> lot of opinions on that one here. I bet. But yeah. um, this next topic here is uh, is an interesting one. I was thinking about this a lot, and you know, it kind of stems from a place of like being burnt out. You know, sometimes not motivated or like tired, exhausted, and like. Just uh, at me, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah joking, that's I'm the joking. thing, you know? <laughs> I'm this good. bullshit. Out. No. <laughs> um, but, like, I, w- I was kind of thinking, like, authenticity in the workplace, being a real person, and what, what being a real person means in the context of, like, stressful, busy times and, and whatnot. Like, if I'm a leader of a department or yeah. uh, a, a team or a company or something like that, like... I think about the word authenticity and how much of a buzzword authenticity means. Yeah, you course. see it in briefs, you see yeah. it in, you know, we need to do this in an authentic and real way for our audience or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, what, is, what does authenticity mean in the context of like being a real human being mm-hmm. and what, how can that be applied to the workplace? So like my question to you is like, when you think about these large companies, um, companies who have like hierarchical, you know, problems, politics problems, all this kind of stuff. They like got big separation between like the people at the top and like the people who at the bottom in terms of like having to work. What does authenticity mean to like help motivate a team and to uh, be a real person and to appear that way in front of people who 
you know, are tired or stressed out, burnt out, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, stop giving people the run around, number one. You know, people are smarter than, than you give credit for. And what I don't like is when you see the folks at the top or the higher ups, leadership, whatever it is, and they almost, they try to sugarcoat things. They're not honest about things. They give you the run around. They only give you so much information and they hide the rest. And it's like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I know what's going on. Yeah. I know morale's low on the team for whatever reason. I know you guys are under, whatever it is, you know, people catch on and they get it. And I think the managers and leadership I've respected the most in my career are the ones just tell it how it is. Yeah. They, you know, they can't say everything because whatever, you know, whatever confidentiality reasons. Sure. But I think be transparent and be honest as much as you possibly can with your coworkers, yeah. your people that work under you, the people that work above you, and try to make this as flat as possible. You know, there's obviously going to be hierarchy in a corporate structure, but you shouldn't speak to someone a different way because they're a role below you. Yep. You know, give them the same honesty and transparency that you would with your boss or yeah. your equal quotation marks. You yeah. Know? Um, so that's like, I'm not even a manager yet, but that's something that I, I, <laughs> soon, I mean, I value being transparent and being honest in my role and in the office. I think I'm authentic as I possibly probably could be. Yeah. But I would want to keep that, um, keep that drive and keep that way of being like the further I advance in my career. Yeah. And I think, you know? it, and that's the thing, right? Like I think people overthink the word authenticity. Like we yeah. said in that last, the last topic, like people read books about like being an authentic leader or whatever and it's like if you have to read a book yeah if you have to read a book to understand that like talk about like talk to your employees the same way that you would like talk to your family about something serious you know what i mean or you know i think so many people get put in the position of thinking oh well like i don't want to scare people or i don't want people to overreact or anything like that but that in turn that like causes people to overreact and it causes people to like you know, take away from like actual the experience of the job, it forces people to leave because it's like, well, I don't know what's going on here and yeah. I don't feel stable, secure, safe in my role. Like no why would I telling me anything? Yeah. No one's yeah. telling me shit. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like um workplace can eliminate elements of being a a person, a human, mm-hmm. right? It kind of like reminds me of politics. Where yeah. it's like there's so much runaround in politics that like you're just like, what are we trying to say? Like, what are we trying to do to just have people be better? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that, like, I don't know, like, the higher up, I, I worry that, like, the higher up that, like, I get in the food chain, yeah. I need constant reassurance from, like, the people who are below me to be like, yo, you're good. Like, I need this information from you. I need you to be a real person with me. Like, all that kind of stuff. Because I'm pretty, I'm a straight shooter. I'm like, I'm not, I don't hide anything from anybody. And, like, I'll tell my team and the people that I work with and who the people who work under me, like what the what the bottom line is. And if like they don't like it or if they want to make a move or something like that because of that, then like That's yeah, I, you yeah. can't look at me and say, well, I didn't do a good job of keeping this person. I think that I did by like being honest about where we're at. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't like the whole spoon feeding type of thing. You know, yeah, with information. Like we're all at the same company. I'm slaving away i'm doing what i can to make this company more money and more profitable as well yeah i should be privy to the same amount of information 
You know, obviously there are certain conversations that have to happen at a partner level versus a coordinator level for sure. But like, I think most information should exist within the company. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't be spoon fed information about new hiring practices or new culture. Like that should all just be laid out on the table, said in a transparent way that is easy to understand without no crazy consultant lingo. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need this shit, man. Yeah, like, big time, big you know, facts. It's it's exhausting. Real shit. If you're elastic, if you take it a course to be authentic, you just dude turn this podcast should, off, yo. We don't want. You yeah, to yeah, yeah. Out, if yo. you're if you have yeah. a, if you're thinking about like authenticity and you need to unpack what that is, just I I don't know how to explain this. You can't you. be saved. You can't. You yeah, can't like you're saved. you're you know. That's like teaching someone how to be a person. Yeah, like you knew how, you knew how time. to be a person before you got here. Yeah. Before you even started working. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's really interesting and I feel like this is a topic that I'm sure a lot of people have opinions on, but let's uh let's kind of keep it moving here. Let's go. Um this is an interesting one. Um mentorship uh in, you know, a career, right? Yeah. I feel like uh this was something that I never really thought of or like, you know, uh, took advantage of in my early career. Um, did like the did idea you, of having a mentor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I've yeah. been a mentor before, and but I was never like when I came into the industry, I was never, you know, I didn't really have somebody to look up to like that, but I don't know if you did. No, I mean, no one was a formal mentor, but I looked up to certain figures, you know, certain people at the agency that were leaders. I was like, I want to have a mirror your career pretty much, you know? Yeah. I never had that conversation of like, do you want to be my mentor or really formalizing anything? And know? access to being, access to mentorship as well, I think is like totally different now too. And I should say they did not look like me. No, fact, no, not at that all. That was obvious probably. Dude, and if, I, <laughs> if I had, here's the thing, like I have people that I, I respect, yeah. uh, I have people who I looked up to, people who helped me, all of that stuff. And I, yeah. I am grateful for those people and thankful for those people because they were able to teach me how to be good at my job. Mm-hmm. But where I wish that I had when I was a younger or when I was in my earlier career, I'm still in my young career. Yeah. yeah. Um, was like a, a person who went through experiences that I'm going through right now that could have helped prepare me for something different. Or as like, a black man? As a black man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing like that. Like, I've, again, like, I've, I, since the last couple of years, I've been a part of, like, you know, uh, BIPOC groups to help yeah. support other young BIPOC coming into the industry and whatnot, and I'm like, I'm now in that role that I wish that I had when I was earlier on in my career. But there just weren't enough examples. Yeah, there weren't enough. I don't think I really met any leaders within agencies that were black men until I left the industry and I saw them on Twitter. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, being honest, you know, straight up. Um, And 100 percent like we have that responsibility now. And I think it's very easy to overlook it and be like, it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, people will actually come up to us even in those like networking events and mention how much they like the podcast or mention how much you know, they've found our careers fascinating. I have coffee chats with people all the time. Um, 
I've had coffee chats with people in Nigeria that have found my stuff. And they're like, like, oh, I want to talk about UX design. I want to talk about this and how I get into that industry. Um, And you just kind of, I think a lot of us, especially if you have the imposter syndrome, which a lot of us do sometimes. Big time. You don't really value the efforts that you've done in your own career until some of those moments happen. And you're like, oh. You know what? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I did I'm, do that. I'm pretty good. I at did this. that shit. <laughs> I did that shit. Man. Pretty good at this shit. You know. You know, I have wisdom to to uh, unpack, to unpack, to, to share. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm not at the top of my career either. But I think that's also a misconception where you feel like you have to be a CEO level to share wisdom or share advice at any stage. You could be two years into your career. You can share something with someone that's zero years in their career. Yeah, facts. I never, I've never gotten advice from a CEO. No, what is it? So, so far removed. Yeah, the advice would have been how to be authentic. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? We had to use a fax machine and not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) How to export a PDF. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but but, I mean, it's it's definitely a big uh, responsibility that I think we have to step up to. Yep. Absolutely. I embrace that role, too, because there's a lot of young guys coming up, a lot of young women coming up in the industry that are, like, talented that how many of these people are going to be overlooked because no one fucking gave them the chance? Yeah. And now that I'm in a position where I'm at right now and, like, the experience that I have, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, like, scope out the people who I know are going to be sick for this. Do you want to speak on that? So before we wrap the episode of, like, how to find for the young folks listening or not even young, just early stage in their career how to find a mentor? Like, how would they find someone like you that could help them in advertising uh, marketing? My voice just cracked really hard there. Um, <laughs> you know, see, I'm, maybe I'm not that not old. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not that He's old. 20. He's 20. Yeah, geez. <laughs> um, you know what? I would say, like, if you're listening to this right now, like, I don't go out, like, I'm not, like, a, a mentor by some service or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But if you want to get a hold of anybody in the industry who is BIPOC, um, that you could learn from in specific industries, but don't know where to start, hit me up and I'll teach you where to go. Because I think that like, it's super important for the role that I'm in right now to be able to be that person that I never had when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening to this right now and you want to, to connect or talk or even like allow me to be a connecting point to somebody else in the industry, hit me up, LinkedIn, Instagram, email, phone number i can give you my phone number i'm not going to give His it on the address podcast is six yeah no, yeah 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 <laughs> sure my address is 117 17th street yeah uh, hit up jack yeah oh, what know. about you um i i think i'm also pretty accessible like uh if, if it's me specifically then hit me up in all those platforms right linkedin's probably best to send me a message i have coffee chats all the time if you're just looking for mentors in general like i'll speak to tech i'll speak to marketing Black Talent Initiative is yep. a great one. PTI. Um, POCAM, great Pocam, one. You classic. can meet people. There's so many Slack groups, too, like especially if you're a designer, if you're interested in that. There's a group called Where Are the Black Designers? Dozens of thousands of designers across the world, black designers. Yeah. Easy to connect. You just got to hit people up. No one is going to, like, say, fuck you and ignore your message. Yeah. You know, they'll at least say, maybe I'm too busy. They're going to respond to you. You got to shoot your shot a bit. Yeah, and like um, point, they'll point you in the right direction or somebody else you can help. I guarantee you'll find me. 100%. So the way to go about this is having those authentic conversations. Yes, sir. There you go. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I love that. That's the name of the episode right there, authentic. How to, how to be authentic. And with that, 
episode 15. That's episode 15 Jeez. right there. Damn, that was a good one. If you have any thoughts, topics, or anything that you want us to discuss on the podcast, uh, let us know. Hit us up. But we're inching closer to episode 100. We're getting there. We're getting there. This is 98. There. This right is 98. Now, we are getting there. And, you know, we might just have something up our sleeves here. You already know. Thank you so much for listening. Drop us a line on Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever. Email, fax machine, anything. <laughs> Hit us up. We'd love to hear you. Thanks for listening again. Peace. Peace.